Hey Team Fairchild and everybody else out there listening, welcome to another Refuel Team Fairchild episode. You guys know the drill, we're always looking for ways to increase connectivity amongst the community. Every episode we'll be reaching out to members around the base willing to share their stories of leadership, followership, some resiliency stories, some examples of failure and success, and so much more. So let's get this chapter going. All right, Refuel Team Fairchild, this is Sergeant Northam again, and today we have ALS instructors with us. I wanted to give you guys a chance in, to kind of just peer into their world a little bit. I've got Tech Sergeant Castillo, Tech Sergeant Keller, and brand new ALS instructor who was just recently hired, Staff Sergeant Renfro. So if you guys would like to just introduce yourselves, tell us maybe a little bit about where you've been, which AFSCs you, you hail from, and yeah, we'll go from there. All right. Thanks, Sergeant Keller. <laughs> We're just going back and forth on who <laughs> I like go first. But I kind of forgot the question already. But uh, Sergeant Castillo, <laughs> uh, kind of pull from our day one introductions. I'm Castillo, married to my wife, about five years. We have a daughter named Caris, four years old, about to be five. I am from Anaheim, California, uh, home to Disneyland, Anaheim Angels, Anaheim Ducks. My FCC before being an ALS instructor was pest management from the CE Civil Engineering Squadron. And I've been only to two bases, BL Air Force Base in Northern California, because they're about five years, only one deployment from there. Uh, BOP'd here to Fairchild, was in the bug shop for about two years until I got vectored into my current position as ALS instructor. Awesome. And that's me. Uh, I'm Andrew Keller. you already said tech sergeant, so I won't re-say that. <laughs> you just did, that. but I got you. That's Don't worry. All right, tech sergeant Andrew Keller. Um, I am a vehicle maintainer, so a two-two-three-seven-one, and that is a it's a mechanic on anything that with wheels and an engine and not wings or rotors. Okay. So uh, except for brake rotors, but um. Uh, we have we have several shred outs, and I am a general purpose mechanic, or what used to be called a general purpose mechanic. I don't work on refuelers or, or um, uh, fire engines or like MHE, tier handling equipment. I work on uh, Humvees, just okay. the general purpose. Everything from a Humvee tactical vehicle to a street sweeper. And uh, I've been in the Air Force for about 12 years, uh, married and two kids. Uh, girls, and I am a girl dad. I'm most certainly a girl dad. I have the entire Frozen soundtrack memorized, and I love it. Uh, I have a good amount of experience in uh, AMC because that's gen- like, that's just where I've been mostly here in Charleston, Air Force Base in South Carolina. And then also in between there, I spent five years uh, in the Special Tactics AFSOC realm where I was attached to a special tactics unit and I did my job as a mechanic, but in a very special and unique way, uh, like for instance, on boats, uh, combat rubber rating craft, uh, Zodiacs. So that was really cool. And then um, I've been a, a ALS instructor for just over a year and I love it. It's fantastic. Is that AFSOC job up in... North Carolina? Yes, Fort Bragg. Okay. Yeah. okay, yeah. I just talked to the the two hires when I went through class recently. So 
I'm going to try and actually get them to come out here soon ah. to do a briefing for anyone in those career fields that is interested. And that's how I got picked up. Excellent. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a very, it's a pretty picky uh, yes. selection process yes. with a package, uh, a job interview, and then a week-long assessment and selection process. Yes. I know we have some shiny people here at Team Fairchild, though, that would probably represent over there really, really well. Yeah. And ma'am. I'm Staff Sergeant Renfro. I have been in the Air Force for just over, well, I guess now it's more than just over five and a half years now. I just re-enlisted uh, last month for another six. Excellent. So, oh yeah. <laughs> um, I, my first base was in Smoke, Turkey. I am Security Forces, so I went over to Turkey for 15 months, and I was the last group that went in with a 15-month tour. And so okay. everybody else came in with 12-month tours. So okay. for a while, they were getting there after me and leaving before me, so that sucked. But it was fun, I guess. And then I got my BOP to Spangalum, Germany. Okay. And I spent two years there, deployed out of there to Kenya, Africa. And I was there flying the Raven Bees, so the drones, and was doing that for six months. That was fun. Uh, the jungle is scary at nighttime, just so you know. Uh, hyenas don't care. They'll chase you. It's fun. And then I got to work with the Green Braves down there, and I also got to work with the forensic guys down there, so that was really cool. Nice. Um, and then that brings me to, I got my first pick on my list to come here. I'm from Missoula, Montana, so really close to home. Yeah. And uh, now I'm a homeowner. It's just me and my animals. I have a lot of animals. Nice. I have a whole farm. So, yeah, that's, that's me. So this might be a different type of ultra running, but she likes to be chased by hyenas. Have you thought about bringing her to the ultra club, the ultra runners club? <laughs> well, I, I, man, the ultra runners club, they do uh, Sergeant McDonald. Yes. He does, he does some. 50 milers. He, he like, he like cool. drives out to Idaho <laughs> at six in the morning. He starts running at six in the morning. So he drives out to Idaho and then starts running and he's like, yeah, we're going to do, I'm going to do 13 miles and then I'll take a break, swim. And then we'll do like, I don't know, something like 20 more. Uh, but at the, the Fairchild Running Club, we, it's more fun uh, than, than like craziness. <laughs> but then again, I mean, I did do, I, I do like challenges, you know? Yeah. Come on, come on. No, let's run. that's okay. I did a lot of running there, so I'm to get my legs back here. Fair enough. I actually do interview the clubs too, so that's why it's kind of fun. I haven't gotten a chance to meet Sergeant McDonald on podcast yet, but that will be coming. He just completed his. Uh, he just completed a 50 miler, like his first yep. 50 miler. Yeah, he's he is something else. Mm -hmm. That is quite amazing. Marathons, 26 miles. Mm -hmm. Two miles. Basically two marathons. Two marathons. Wow. That's, that's pretty impressive. So what made you guys want to become ALS instructors? I'll start that one. Uh, so with my career field, we ever since, man, I think it was like 2013 and like the start of sequestration and stuff like that, they have like wanted to cut tech sergeants. Every single year it seems we're overmanned with tech sergeants. So I made tech uh, in 2018, okay. uh, so gone relatively quickly. And I, whenever I came here, I was a low time in service 
tech sergeant and my bosses were like, hey, you know, that's who they want. Like that's who they're going to get to force cross train. And I had previously put in a, um, a request to cross train. Okay. That one got denied because I was, um, I already had an assignment here. Raj. So yep. my options were kind of limited and I heard about this job and I was like thinking about it and I don't, I, I didn't, I wasn't forced to take this job and I didn't take it just to, so I could get out of my, my current career field or my career field, but it happened to align with the, with my, I guess my priorities. Like I've always tried to make things better for, for my airmen and then also to try and like instill the things that I've learned that I wish I had learned earlier. Sure. So try to pass that along. And also then pass along the like the warrior mindset that I think that I, I have uh, and that I try to continually develop. So it just happened that it dropped and I put in for it and I actually didn't get it. Oh. And I was the, I, I think I was like number two, second, but the, the person who got it um, didn't get in because of their career field. Raj. And so I got picked up for it. So okay. I got lucky. Uh, but it has been a great time. It was meant to be. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, the reason I wanted to become an ALS instructor, I usually share this on our day one introductions, like I said earlier, that um, in essence, it's pretty much to be a part of a high-performing team because that's what it is. Yeah. It, it really is. Uh, but the initially, I got advice from a chief when I was PCS and from Beal to Fairchild. I had a one-on-one with my chief, Chief v chief bc and he gave me advice that that helped me get this job and that if you want to stand out especially in my career field sure. you usually you know don't get a lot of love in pest management world but that's okay if you want to stand out you need to do things outside of your career field and i did have interest as a tech school instructor but those don't happen too too often okay and he also said that if an opportunity to be an als instructor comes up Go ahead and take it because he was an ALS instructor as well, kind of putting his little plug of how it helped him out. Yeah. But um, eventually the day did come. I was vectored into uh, to I was just vectored. I was given the option to be an ALS instructor, a recruiter, and a, a dorm manager. Okay. Uh, but I will be honest. When I saw ALS instructor, I was nervous. I was like, "This is not for me. I am terrified of public speaking." But then Chief V's words came to my mind. If you ever hear this advice or get the opportunity, take it. I'm like, put me down for number one. Um, And then I got a phone call. You want this job? I'm like, yes, I do. It was Sergeant Horn at the time. She was a commandant. Okay. Uh, She's like, okay, we're going to do interviews. Um, By that time, I was on leave back at home. So I did my interview over the phone at the airport with my family. <laughs> I was like, I am not gonna get this job. But I got the job and uh, that's how, long story, how I became an ALS instructor. Um, but I'm very glad that I took Chief V's advice because initially I was like, this is, I'm very introverted, but I definitely took heed to what he said and I'm very glad that I put it down as my number one, took down the, opportunity to interview for the job and uh i got the job so that is that's what made me become an ALS instructor and now you're doing podcasts even so yeah far you come right <laughs> yes. excellent 
Um, I decided that I wanted to take this job when the email hit, probably a couple days later. Okay. Um, my senior walked out of his office. I worked in the operations support office over at Security Forces. Um, he walked out and he said, did you see that email? I was like, I did. He was like, mm, you should take it. I was like, should I? He was like, you should. I was all right. So I looked back. Um, I was one the group of A1Cs that still got EPRs. Okay. It was on my A1C EPR. It was on my senior airman EPR. It was on my just recent staff EPR. I was like, well, I guess everybody wants me to do it. So I looked at what best benefits would be with taking it. So that's really put me over. I was like, all right. And then took the advice of my past supervisor. Um, he said, nobody will care for you as much as you will care for yourself. Exactly. So, yeah, that's, that's that. Awesome. Something that, that tends to like attract people to jobs, like tour, like a controlled tour jobs, yes. like yours and yeah. ours mm -hmm. is the consistency and like main, like a well-maintained schedule, especially if you're like a heavy deployer, yeah. um, or a heavy TDYer. You're not going to go TDY, which in some cases is a bummer. Uh, and mm -hmm. and you're well, you might go to. You guys could have been going the ass pack with me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Put and, that out there. And that's a, that's a, hanging. That's a great TDY uh, opportunity here, mm -hmm. uh, but you're not going to be like I, I went TDY 38 oh, yeah. times in four years. <laughs> like it's and it's and that's a, that's a struggle on your family. So if 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 you fit the bill and it's a passion of yours, because I would recommend doing what you're passionate about. Um, then this is a consistent job where you can, you know, you leave home at a certain time and you come home at a certain time and you're there for your family. And also, I mean, I, I, right now the team we've got is extremely mature. The boss we've got, Sergeant Staten, is the best boss I've ever had. And she is all about your family. Uh, she, she calls us family. You guys are a family. Yeah. I'm your extended family by flight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I love going and talking to Mass Art and Staten. I'm going to go try and visit you guys next week now that your guys' schedules finally cleared up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So moving right along. And this might be harder for you, Sergeant Renfro, since you haven't officially started teaching classes yet. Mm -hmm. But for you two, what's been one of the most rewarding experiences being an instructor? If I may, Sergeant Keller, um... Most rewarding thing, I couldn't really narrow it down to a certain thing, okay. event, uh, but it would just be the camaraderie that uh, that I came across with Sergeant Leslie, who I replaced him. He was my trainer. Sergeant Hasty, very tall guy, very extroverted. Uh, he got me out of my shell and taught me some things in the classroom. Sergeant Rones, really good guy. He helped me a lot with the job as well. Sergeant Horn, she hired me. She really took care of me. Um, then uh, all the instructors we currently have right now, just the camaraderie, just the good times, just being at work, having fun. That's just the, the crew that we work with. But with the students in the classroom, just just um, doing your job. I think kind of Sergeant Keller might have mentioned it, but just making sure you teach these future supervisors what to do and more importantly what not to do uh, when it comes to being a frontline supervisor because it is a very important job. NCO is the backbone of the enlisted tier. They're about to be it. It's very good to see that you're doing everything you can to help out that tier because uh, that that's our job. So that's 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 the best part about being in the schoolhouse. 
the leadership style that that I um I sus- uh, subscribe to subscribe I subscribe to is uh, like is carnivore leadership. Uh, that's the actually the current CX. Whenever he was, uh, whenever Chief Colin Lopez was a command chief uh, at the, I think he was the first SAO, but don't quote me on that. Anyways, uh, he he penned this this carnivore leadership, the first one of five, and I am just all about it. Like, I put I made my mission to hatch little carnivores, all little baby dinosaurs, <laughs> um, and and I think that. Though they might not call it that, every single one of our staff is doing that. Uh, every single one. Sergeant Castillo is doing it. Sergeant Lindsay's doing it. Um, Sergeant Staten's doing it. And then I'm sure Sergeant Renfro, Sergeant Keepers is doing it. So the the best thing is on graduation day is like saying their names as they walk across the stage and seeing the smile on their face. And, and really, I mean you have the opportunity to really influence the way they see the Air Force. I mean, they're, they're doing the learning themselves, mostly. They're reading, and you're directing, sure. and you're facilitating. But the way that you act as an instructor, the way that we act, influences how they see institutionally the, the Air Force. And we can either make or break that, uh, that perception. And to see a smile versus a, a scowl on on the on graduation day is is just fantastic. It makes me smile very very much. Awesome. So um, I, I actually went through ALS here when I first got here, okay. and they were all instructors when I went through. Uh, and Sergeant Hasty was my actual instructor okay. in class. Nice. Um, and so when I thought about putting in for the job I was like you know what like they were fun instructors like they were good people so I think that's going to be really fun moving forward learning from them pulling ideas and stuff from them putting them in my little toolbox mm-hmm. um, but I think the most rewarding part going to be is like uh, Sergeant Keller said watching them like get it watching them click mm-hmm. and watching them walk across the stage like my little kids <laughs> That's actually what I said in an, in an interview that Sergeant or now Sergeant Farron, your old basic basic training buddy, caught on film is when they when they get it uh-huh. right yeah. when you see that light bulb actually go and oh, you see the idea go to fruition. It's yeah. pretty it's pretty cool. So on the opposite side of that, and you can think of maybe what might be a challenge or going to be the hardest part for you guys. But what's been some of the more challenging parts of being an ALS instructor? So uh, whenever it comes to challenging, and I, I think that it's it's the same thing with being a supervisor. It's having high standards of yourself and having high standards of your airmen, of the, the your students, but at the same time, giving them the opportunity and the space to be themselves and not you, like and not expecting them to be you. I have high standards of my students, and I think that we all have high standards of our students. But the challenge, the challenge there, and I think the challenge for many supervisors is not—it's holding them to to a standard, sure. but not expecting them to be you. And that, and I think that that's 
I, like it's we, we go over a story in, in class about a, an airman who actually has a supervisor that, that is that's happening to them mm-hmm. and uh, I think that, that happens a lot with with uh, supervisors just kind of expecting people to be just like them sure oh yeah uh, hardest part being an instructor I kind of mentioned it earlier but overcoming the fear of public speaking sure. it is the number one fear in the world Right in front of death. So um, I, that was kind of hard, but it, it took me some time, probably longer than I wanted it to. But eventually, once I overcame it, um, it's still not easy. I always got to, you know, I still get nervous before talking in front of a large group. But um, that was definitely the most hardest part. Another hard part of being an instructor is all the hours that I go into the job. Sure. The hours, the hours remain the same from the very first time you teach to the very last time you teach. Uh, the hours I go into the actual classroom, uh, preparation before the classroom, and then lesson preparation when you go home. Um, that has never changed from the beginning to the very end. But I was very well aware of the job. My wife is a teacher, and she understands how it is, so she's helped me out a lot when it comes to that part. Um, but it's basically the <laughs> uh, fear of public speaking, which got better. Uh, but the hours has always remained constant, lots of hours, but very gratifying because it, it, you deliver a good product as an instructor for your students. So that's pretty much the hardest part. Awesome. Thanks. Um, I think that the most challenging part is probably going to be um, trying to watch them struggle and not step in and do it for them. Sure. Uh, when I was in Turkey, my first base, I was an alarm monitor there, um, and I was super good at blotters, which were document events of the duty shift, you know, um, alarms, maintenance, stuff like that that goes in there. And I was teaching um, one of the guys to do blotters, and my flight chief came in, and he was like, all right, you got to actually let him do your blotter now. And I was like... Oh no. <laughs> so I sat over his shoulder and I was watching him and he was typing like last names have to be capital and he wasn't typing them capital mm. and like commas where they were supposed to be like little things that like could have been corrected later. And I was just like stressing out and having so much anxiety like, no, it needs to be fixed now. <laughs> I hear you. But uh, I've gotten a lot better uh, about that. Uh, being in Germany, flying drones was super like helpful in that aspect because I had to fly with a somebody and then uh, coming here flight was a little helpful with that because I was BDOT controller here before I got the operation support job um, and then in the operation support seat I had to do a lot with uh, the exercises posting um, rosters all of that stuff and it was super easy to um, just tell somebody hey this is what I need done and this is how I do it here you go and now I just don't care how it gets done, just that it gets done, right? <laughs> so, but I think I think that's going to be a little bit different here. So we'll see how it goes. Okay, excellent. Got to try not to turn this into a Jocko podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just talk about these virtual as <laughs> But you, so something else that's, that's a challenge is time hacks. And, yeah. and it's making me think of something very interesting. So, Sergeant, you have a genealogy here. Sergeant Castillo trained me. Okay. And I'm oh, gonna, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to train Sergeant Ryan Frank. And this man is, is so hard on time hacks. Like, 
after every block, I would go in and get feedback from him. He'd be like, you went over a minute. <laughs> and, and I'd be like, I, yes, I did. And he was like, okay, try to try to work it back, you know, get it back, uh, try to get, get stop, the, stop the lesson on time next time. I was like, okay, got it. Come back in later. You went over a minute again. So, uh, but he's, he's picky for a reason. Uh, but that's, that's something you're going to, time hacks. I don't know. I, time management's a weakness of mine, I guess. It definitely is, <laughs> but time hacks are tough. Well, yeah, it'll be interesting yeah, to see, so funny. see how it goes that. before you PCS, right? <laughs> and I know you guys said it's hard to pinpoint the most rewarding, but is there a favorite moment that you guys can think of? Mm-hmm. Or at least maybe one? I have a... Well, okay, first of all, they say we, we have a, a thing called Going Rogue. Oh. Um, and also... No, it's, it's, it's Going Rogue. So Sergeant Hasty was the he said extrovert right he was loud he was proud he was off script he was he was rogue not not rogue in a bad way yeah uh there is going rogue in a bad way but he was rogue in a good way and uh i i replaced him and he would kind of break script sometimes when it comes to graduation and so the first time that i wanted i was like can i add carnivore leaders like graduating carnivore leaders like i'm proud of these carnivore leaders and they all said like you can, but want to stick to the script. And then certain state was like, and then they were like, well, Hasty did it. And I was like, oh. But everyone said, stick to the script for your first first time. Sure. Well, I, I changed it. And they were like, you're going rogue, he's going rogue. But I, I just, I like basically conveying that, hey, I'm proud. I'm proud of what yeah. you guys did. And then also... Uh, every single class, we teach a lesson called airmanship, and um, we start with the profession of arms. And the profession of arms is something that I think that not not everyone in the Air Force really understands. Sergeant Renfro probably gets it. She arms up every single day, okay? Like, PJs, controllers, TACP, they get it. Even our even our, our boom operators and our sure. pilots, they get it. They're, they're, they're in the profession of arms. We're all in the profession of arms, but... We might not touch a weapon every day, but I relate it to the movie 300, and I yell so loud. I'm like, have you guys seen the movie 300? <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. All right. You know that one scene? And, da, 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 and then I yell, Spartans, what is your profession? I yell it so loud. I try to make sure the entire schoolhouse hears me, and that is my favorite <laughs> part of ALS. Nice. Mm-hmm. By far. Kind of like you, uh, Sergeant Keller. Uh, not so much. It's mostly a lesson. I have a favorite lesson. I like teaching about teams. I that's pretty much how I got this job. I didn't really talk about what I did. I just talked about what I can do for the team, and that's why I love teaching about the teams because I just I just love that lesson so much. But uh, the fun part that I always have fun with the students is um, negotiation strategies exercise. It's a three hour exercise. It's towards the end of the lesson and new curriculum. And the students get to like have fun and enjoy pretty much role playing when it comes to negotiations. Okay. And um, I like seeing the students; they're super funny, super hilarious. At the very end of that lesson or that exercise, my jaw's hurting, my eyes are red. Uh, it's just very, very comical, and it's I just have fun with it because the students just very, very comical. Uh, I'm not that funny of a guy, but the students they are funny, and uh, that's. Pretty much the fun times I have when it comes to uh, being at ALS. Nice. 
I know you probably can't answer this one yet, Sergeant Renfro, because unless your favorite moment was just getting hired, I mean, that's pretty... I mean, that, to date, that's my favorite moment. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty epic. It was a great start to a career, right? You guys all had that one to start off with. Is there any advice you guys can give people maybe interested in going the PME route eventually? I would say, um, the, and this is in general, sure. be you. Yeah. I spent a long time hiding who I was when it comes to being blue. I mean, it was no joke. It was no, um, whenever I made, by the time I made staff in my first duty station, Charleston, it was apparent, like Captain America. That's what they, they called me. They got me a Captain America shield. They made nice. me a Captain America shield as Excellent. a going away gift. Um, it, and and in my in my uh, interview for the position that I left there for at Fort Bragg, they asked me if your peers could describe you as one thing. If they could describe you in one, in just a few words, they actually said one word. I think, what would it be? And I didn't. It didn't take a moment. I just said Captain America. They looked at each other and they laughed. And then they asked me to leave the room. But I got hired. I got hired. They they had me come back in and they said we would like to offer you a job. And I was like, oh, cool. And that that showed me that. It's be you, be you, be proud of who you are. I am proud that I am, I'm blue. I love the Air Force. I, the Air Force has given me a lot. I enjoy, I, I very much enjoy being in the Air Force. And I don't think you should hide who you are uh, just to, to fit a bill and to, to not be, maybe even not be made fun of, maybe stave off the, uh, the, the criticism and I, I uh, actually have, uh, I want people to understand that being blue is not what it has been called in the past. Sure. It's just, it's being what the Air Force expects you to be. And uh, that's kind of like my goal is to just ha- be, be, be genuine so that my students can also be genuine. I, I like that a lot. Uh, that's kind of where I'm trying to go as well. Uh, be, be who you are when you are looking into the PME world. And the reason I say that is because when I went to my job interview, I was either going to get this job or not get this job because of who I was. And when it comes to the interview, I let them know I was not that good when it comes to public speaking or being in front of people. That was not my strength. But I told them what my strengths were. And I was just being honest and genuine. And again, I was always referring back to the team in the sense of like, I'm pretty good at this, not so good at that. But as a team, this is how we how I can help out the team when it comes to doing that. So uh, that's pretty much what I'm glad Sergeant Keller brought that up because I, I really didn't want to mention that. Be who you are. And when it comes to being, when you have interest in the PME world and if you're going to get that job, it's going to be because you are who you are. Um, and on that note, also when it comes to the PME world, if you have interest, kind of like Chief V gave me with those little words echoing in my head, if you have an opportunity to go into the PME world, I highly suggest you take it um, because you may not get the opportunity again, but just know that you're going into the PME world to help better serve the PME world, not yourself. Chances don't come too often. If you're uncomfortable, it's probably because you should do it, but it's your choice. Uh, It is a big step though, so uh, definitely take that in consideration when it comes to the PME world. Sure. Yeah, it's about the students. He said it. He said it's a, like if you're better than PME, not yourself, not necessarily yourself. It is a developmental special duty, so you're going to develop. Yeah. But you got to come in and and understand that like I am here 
to serve those. I mean, our we got it on our, our coins right now, and it's a December survey, and it's always serve. And I think that that's what we all we, we do when we're going to serve our students so that our students can serve their airmen. That's the goal. You have any thoughts on? I know you're super new. <laughs> um, I so during my interview, um, certain Staten asked me like to tell them about myself. Sure. And so I was like, my senior told me be myself. My supervisor like go in there, be yourself. Like that's why we hired you here. Blah blah. And so I went in there. I was like, well, I my whole life really revolves around my horses and my animals. Mm-hmm. So. Every decision I make is like strategically for them. Um, that's why I picked this base. I'm close to home. That's why I bought a house so I didn't have to rent and pay to board. Um, everything that I buy is mostly for my horses. Um, so I told them all that and I was like, I got chickens, I got ducks, I got my dogs, I got my cats, I got a bunny now. And um, I told them all about that. We had a good laugh, and then we got into the, the actual questions. And I think that really fostered a lot of good conversation and stories uh, for the actual interview itself. Um, so being myself in that very beginning, like you guys said earlier, like be yourself. Um, I, I would like to think that's what got me the job, but who knows? I do know that they they wanted you. I know I know it that certain state and couldn't tell me who. I kept trying to pry little little pieces. I knew she couldn't tell me who, but she said we got the right one. Hopefully she can be released. So mm-hmm. feel very you you should definitely be proud mm-hmm. to be a part of that team. That. Is there anything you guys would kind of like to share before we wrap this up? Any mm-hmm. final final words? That was probably the best type of final word, word words was how to step in the PME world, but is there anything you guys would kind of just like to touch on? Um, well, I just, the, the things that the that the Air Force has to offer uh, to anybody, this is just one of them. Uh, and, and also, you can like do a little bit, like you can do a lot. Yeah. You can go and do a special duty here and then go back to your curriculum and do a special duty here. And if you're interested in experience, and also um, to, to, to go a little further past the Air Force and join experience, like get into those different jobs and uh, work with the different services because that only helps you develop. And whenever it helps you develop, that's a benefit to you, yeah. but it's also a benefit to the Air Force because we need leaders who can speak the language of, of a sister service or speak the language of another AFSC, uh, Sergeant Castillo and me, we know how to talk to each other. He's CE, I'm, I'm logistics, uh, I'm a mechanic. Uh, you're a maintainer, Sergeant Renfro is a defender, and we can, through our development, uh, through our development, we can speak the same language. And then if we can speak Marine, Navy, uh, Coast Guard, Space Force, Guardian, then we will uh, we will just integrate that much better. Sure, mm-hmm. awesome. Just uh, Sergeant Keller. Uh, uh, when I saw this question earlier, um, I just thought about it something uh, a question that an airman asked me when I was on NCO panel. Uh, 
you, you just ask what general advice do you have for us as yeah. airmen and i think it's not just for airmen just or the airmen tiers for all airmen of any tier uh, but uh, basically, just be very good at your job. So good that you don't have to think about it too, too much where you can focus on your subordinates, your peers, your supervisors, your team to make sure you can help them out when it comes to life. Um, we are in the military. Military life is a little bit different from civilian life. But bottom line, be, so, be very good at your job so that you can take care of the people around you and take care of the people around you. That's pretty much all I got. Awesome. Thank you. appreciate you guys coming out today this has been i hope this has been fun for you i've, I've yeah. liked i've known sergeant keller and sergeant castillo for a little bit i'm just meeting sergeant renfro pretty much today but i've really enjoyed the dynamic you guys share and allowing me to come hang out with you guys from time to time too that whitworth that whitworth trip was a lot of fun oh, yeah. i'm glad you guys really were fun. on that with me so and good food yeah food yeah. cafeteria food who knew guys right <laughs> so thanks for having us appreciate the time that was fun yeah, thank you very much, Sir North. Thank you. All right, everyone, that wraps up another Refuel Team Fairchild episode. If you guys have show ideas, people you'd like to hear from, or even would like to join me on an episode, please send an email my way. You can email me at 92fss.fsdp.fairchildcaa at us.af.mil. All right, you guys have a spectacular day. <laughs>